So, last week, uh, I uh, asked you to uh, consider or commit to tithing, 10%, and if you are already there, to go up another 1%, 2%, 3%, 4%, or 5%, however the Spirit uh, leads you in that regard. And then we also ask you to consider if on the tithing chart, which we have more in the back, if that you find that the number that you are currently giving at is a little uh, off from where you would like for it to be, that you would consider uh, giving more and living more into a giving level uh, that God is, is calling you to. And so we left that uh, very open <laughs> for you to decide how to commit to that. And several of you uh, filled out your commitment cards and dropped them in the bus here. Uh, and so this week, uh, we are starting out with uh, another uh, commitment. Uh, let me also say, because I got a call uh, yesterday evening, Lent starts on March 6th. So the reason I'm already talking about Lent is because I wanted to take three things for us to commit to prior to Lent starting. And I picked the thing that all of us will probably have the most trouble with to go with first. To give us three weeks to figure your budgets out. To figure out your money and to figure out how you can do it for 40 days. Now this week I've decided to go with the second hardest thing for us to deal with, and that's fasting. So now this means you got two weeks to get your eat on <laughs> before March 6th gets here. But the reason I really felt compelled for us to do this is that these practices work. Tithing does support the church, and as I did mention, that the tithing that once existed was meant to support the, the orphans and the widows and to support the community. We are a church that is trying to rise up and do more in our community and to support our community. We want to get out of survival mode and get into abundance mode and to get into living out our calling outside of these walls. That our worship and our work is not just on Sunday, but it is on every single day of the week. And so for us to make that kind of stretch, it not only takes money, but it also takes our prayers and it takes our commitment and our connection to what is happening here in the church and in our lives. Outside of just focusing on the church, I want us to take the season of Lent to commit to our own personal self-improvement and connection with God as well, too. And to also recenter ourselves on God as our foundation as we begin to live out all of those resolutions and those hopes and those dreams and those visions that we proclaimed we were going to follow at the beginning of 2019. So already in between January 1 and today, some of us have kind of gotten in this place of how am I going to make this vision come to pass? How am I going to make this dream come to pass? Are we falling off of our resolutions? I just wanted to take these three weeks to say it's okay to fall down, but now it's time to take the next 40 days to figure out how you're going to get back up and make 2019 the year that you want it to be. 
And so as Lent comes and begins on March 6th, I want us to really commit to uh, these these things. So first, let me, uh, because I know you'll want to, to uh, take a look at these. So Dean and Mike, if y'all can help me with this, that would be great. Um, oh, no, Cody and, and okay, y'all are. <laughs> um, so the fast that I have here for you to take a look at and to consider is the Daniel fast. And maybe we can meet Dean and Mike that do. Can you help with that? Maybe. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, so it's the Daniel Fast. It is one of the fasts that I believe is um, easier to follow. Uh, when I took a look at it again this morning, I realized I knew that bread was not supposed to be on there. I knew that meat and lamb and pork was not going to be on there. But then I got to beverages. I ain't even talking about alcohol. I got to beverages. And apparently I can't have not even just caffeinated beverages. I can't have carbonated, sparkly, wonderful water that I like to drink that has no sugar in it. No caffeinated beverages, no carbonated beverages. And then I said, Lord, I don't know that I can if uh, <laughs> How am I going to sell this when I have to struggle with it myself? And Spirit said to me, well, good. You're asking people to sacrifice. You need to have a sacrifice as well. The desserts, candy, cakes, cookies. Uh-oh. Marcus, what are you going to do without ham hocks and pork bacon? <laughs> Salt pork and meat drippings and margarine. Who are something you'd like to commit to, 
I offer that as an option for a type of food fast. And a disclaimer, and I'll have more information on this next week, but if you have some type of medical health condition or issue, please consult your physician. Okay? You know what you can do and you know what you can't do. I don't want anybody going to the hospital telling them folks that your pastor said that you couldn't eat. Okay? You know what you can do, so pray about that and figure that out. You have other options on that card. I know one person wants to fast from uh, gossiping. I know some people want to fast from social media. Um, you know, you have to figure out how to do that because we're kind of engaged in our social media group. So maybe it's that you are on only to check your social media group, our social media group, and then you get off for the rest of the day or for 40 days or what have you. Okay? Uh, and I think, what is the other one that's, that's on that card? I gave up. Political news. Some of you may need to consider stepping away from that stuff for 40 days. I got it bad. I get home, 8 o'clock, I know when I'm watching, and it's all across the spectrum, but I work myself up into a tizzy right before I go to bed. And it's just not, you know, it's just not helpful. It's not good. Because I listen to everybody, and I just, I just, just am mad <laughs> by the time I go to bed. So maybe it is you want to fast from that. So I am personally going to, to be uh, doing those three and possibly another uh, particular fast. So that is something that we uh, can do, as I said, as, as a congregation. So as I'm preaching and going through this, uh, and I promise I won't, I won't tarry and go on for long, because I already took up about eight minutes, but I want you to consider which one of those options you want to do, one, all, two, what, what have you, and then for communion, as usual, when you come up, you can drop your commitment card in the middle base. All of these bases are going to be here for when Easter gets here. And we want to rejoice about what God has done in our church and done in our lives personally. And later we're going to hear a great testimony from uh, Eve, from Alicia. So we're excited about that. Amen. 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 Now when we look to Ezra today, I was drawn to this particular scripture because Ezra um, said a few things that I thought I really wanted to, to call out and to highlight for us. In this season of Lent that is coming up, um, I know that there's a lot of things that each of us are personally struggling with in our life. There's grief from loved ones that have passed away. There are job situations that we want worked out. There are other ways that we are seeking to grow and seeking to change. There are some things that we may even be ashamed to talk about to other people in public about what we are seeking for God to do in our lives. Ezra found himself in this particular situation. He was ashamed to ask for any kind of help. He was ashamed to go to the king to guide him to where the people were going. And so Ezra, in turn, out of his shame, he said, I may be ashamed, but I'm going to turn my face towards God, and I'm going to fast, and I'm going to ask the people to fast, 
I'm going to pray so that God could bring some sort of an answer. Sometimes it is critical for us to figure out what things are standing in our way that we need to step away from so that God can reveal and give us the answer that we need. Ezra understood that even though the king had the power to make the provision and get him to where him and his people needed to go, he understood that he needed to even know what to go and ask the king for. He understood that he needed to know how to even travel the land, so he focused through prayer and through fasting. We look to Jesus' ministry today also in Matthew, and Joshua called out that the Spirit is what led Jesus out into the wilderness. And for 40 days and for 40 nights, it says, he was starving. But when he emerged from this wilderness experience, he was ready to do what God had called him to do. He was ready to focus on his mission. He had the strength that he needed to go about healing and raising up people. He had the courage and the fortitude that was necessary to live out his calling that would eventually lead him to the cross. Are we bold enough to take 40 days and 40 nights to recenter ourselves and to dream up a mission and a vision that might lead us to the cross? We are busy, 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 busy about our lives. We are busy complaining. We are busy driving to work. We're busy at work. Our minds are sometimes busy as we're even sitting right here in the church. We are busy bickering and fighting with folks. We're busy trying to help folks. We're busy trying to figure out what will our life be. It is time to take a pause and take a moment for you so that God can reveal what God needs to do in your life during this season. Many of us could not do what Jesus did. Many of us cannot let go of Popeyes for 40 days and 40 nights. You got it bad when you know the Popeyes on the south side is better than the one that's on the north side of the middle. And you drive by 50 Popeyes just to get to the one Popeyes that you know is good. <laughs> that chicken is directing your life. You got it bad when you cross over Montrose and you can't figure out do I want Shake Shack or do I want Burger Joint? I'm not sure which one I want to go to. Both of them have great shakes. Both of them have good burgers. Which one do I want? And then you figure out, I'll tell you what, I'm going to go here on Monday and then on Tuesday I'm going to go to the other place. That burger is leading your life. Not even focused about maybe it's too many calories this week. Maybe I don't need to eat this. Maybe this is where my weight is coming from. <laughs> Food directs our lives just like money does. And that is highly problematic. 
if you are seeking to lead a godly life that is free of any type of bondage. I'm not preaching to you, I'm preaching to myself. I love to eat. It's one of the arguments we have every day in my house. What do we go with? The money and the food just guiding us around, leading us here and there. And we don't even know it because we're not focused. We're busy about everything else, being the busybody in the world, and not focused on what God is calling us to do, how God is calling us to live, how does God want to use our bodies as a vessel? For God's spirit to work out something amazing in the world. Martin Luther, the great reformer to whom we can thank Protestant churches for. I'm not talking about Martin Luther King. I'm talking about the theologian, Martin Luther. He said, a Christian is a perfectly free Lord of all, subject to none. A Christian is a perfectly dutiful servant of all and subject to none. In other words, nothing should be lording over us. Nothing should be guiding our daily lives. Money should not be leading and guiding all of our actions. Food should not be the thing that we spend hours trying to figure out what we're going to do with it for the three times per day we're going to eat. What Luke Martin Luther is saying is that you are Lord of all. And if you are guided by your money, and if you are guided by food, then guess who is your Lord? You are Lord of all, subject to none of those things. The only thing Martin Luther says you must be subject to is to one another. The only thing that Martin Luther says you must be subject to is to raising up justice and peace and love in the world. Those are the things we're to be subject to, not to trenches. Not to Burt's Meat Market in their beef tents. Not to Burns Barbecue. If it excites you more than living your calling, then we have a problem. Martin Luther says, we conclude, therefore, that a Christian lives not to himself or herself, but in Christ and in his neighbor or her neighbor. Otherwise, he is not a Christian. He lives in Christ through faith, in his neighbor through love. This is a tall order. This is a tall calling. I make no qualms about trying to tell you that I have figured all of this out and that I'm doing it exactly the way it is supposed to be done. I have laid bare every food item that I like. I am transparent that food and money can often guide my decisions instead of allowing 
God to guide my decision in terms of how I make a difference in the world. We are not, despite how it may feel, we are not the center of the universe. Marcus is going to quote me on this later. The universe doesn't exist to serve us. It exists to create sufficiency and abundance for us all. And our job is to make sure that it is ushered in for all people and all people of all walks of life. This period of fasting, this period of tithing, is to refocus us on the mission and the call that is ahead of us. It is not all fully defined. Joshua and I and Sidney and the deacons and the trustees are working on it. But together, if you all will fast and pray and tithe, we will receive the Holy Spirit from on high that will give us the vision that will set this place ablaze with the love of God and the justice of God. Sometimes you just gotta go old school to get new school. Sometimes you just gotta tithe it out and fast it out and pray it out. But I hope that you are willing to stand with your church, to stand with me, and to stand with your leadership. If it's not for your church, at least do it for yourself. In the name of Jesus. Do you receive it? Amen. Amen.